It's a term that's been getting tossed around a lot lately. But for folks working up and down the global supply chain, it's become more than just a word. It's become a way of life. It's been quite a remarkable journey, really a roller coaster for, for many, many people. From a supply chain perspective in the Port of Vancouver, though, has, has been uh, quite a remarkable story of resilience. Coming soon to your podcast platform of choice, Breaking Bottlenecks Season 2, The Resilient Port. I'm author and historian Aaron Chapman, and it's my honor to once again be your guide as we explore how the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority and the Port of Vancouver, its customers, and its partners have navigated some truly uncharted waters, a worldwide pandemic that brought shipping to a standstill. That volatility, of course, at that scale at least, is not something that most global supply chains are accustomed to experiencing. Obviously, some disruptions happen in a very isolated part of the global supply chain. This phenomenon, this pandemic phenomenon, is something that is really quite, quite astounding, remarkable, and unprecedented in a global sense. The world is so intertwined across the entire transport cycle. If there's then a little hiccup in any one sector, it literally can send shockwaves to the others. And, and, you know, it will have enormous amount of effect into delivery time of the goods. It's been a real tough couple of years. You know, I remember flying home from New York, attending an event with 1,500 people in the room. And within a week of getting home, it was lockdown. From that initial lockdown to a subsequent surge in demand that no one could have predicted... The shipping sector has been put through an incredible stress test over the past two years. It was incredible because, you know, we watched the supply chain slow right down to a very slow pace. We watched our domestic supply chain take off because everybody was looking for toilet paper and essential goods. You know, one of the things that we saw in our forecast during the pandemic were blank vessels. And so we would get a notification that a vessel, this vessel is just not going to come. And I remember... Over the period of, of two months, going from a place where we had 10 to 12 blank vessels in the schedule to a month later, not only having the full complement, but having anywhere between five and 10 extra loader vessels just to move the demand. People are just not spending onto the service. They're spending on consumer goods. That's why there's a huge surge of demand. And that's why, you know, we all have to quickly change our operating model again and try to accommodate, you know, the sudden uptake. But this isn't a sob story or a plea for patience. Rather, it's a testament to the agility, the ingenuity, and the collaboration demonstrated by players across the global supply chain, as everyone from terminal operators and rail companies to seafarers and stevedores pulled together to get back in business as quickly as possible. Those are the kinds of relationships that you draw on when, you know, kind of the chips are down to respond to some of those challenges. So were those relationships strengthened through the pandemic? I would say absolutely. Information across the entire spectrum, whether it's a customer watching their freight move and their supply chain to port operators and railroads collaborating on, on car supply and products that the customers want. It's becoming more important than ever that, you know, the digitization of all this information is available for everybody to do a better job. Are you familiar with the ocean liner metaphor, the old saying that suggests the bigger the ship, the slower it turns? Well, the port and his partners didn't have the luxury of time as they pivoted to address what might just be one of the greatest challenges the shipping world has ever faced. 
The point is, when you have a challenge unfolding, often the first question is what's going on, as opposed to what are we going to do about it? The second question often is whose fault is it, rather than what are we going to do about it? By starting with a really good foundation of data sharing and collaboration, you get to what are we going to do about it much sooner in the conversation. And that, I think, has served us particularly well over the last two years. Over the course of the next several episodes, I'm going to explore the bottlenecks experienced across the global shipping sector and how they were addressed. We'll hear from voices, both familiar and new, experts from every link in the supply chain to get their perspective on the struggles, the solutions, and the lessons learned. We question ourselves and what have we learned about the supply chain, you know, during this pandemic. And actually, my thought is, you know, the biggest questions to many of us is how are we going to prepare for the unpredictable, you know, in the future with any general shutdowns or governmental lockdowns, you know. I think the two most powerful words for any organizations are agility and resilience. Because today is the pandemic, two years down, there could be something else. It's not always possible to build a level of resiliency and redundancy in a system that one might like to have for shocks like this. And that's why it's always a combination of flexibility and adaptation. Join me, Aaron Chapman, along with guests from OOCL Canada, CN Rail, the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority, and more for season two of Breaking Bottlenecks, the resilient port. Coming soon to your podcast platform of choice. And in the meantime, why not check out season one? It's available now wherever you like to listen. <laughs>